Hey yo! Welcome to the Arts Block Podcast for artists, for artists, by artists, by artists. We can talk about anything that we want. Give it up from Eric Cray, the third, third, third gentleman. Hey yo! Welcome back to another episode of the Arts Block Podcast. I'm your host. Eric Curry the third, and today, ooh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm nervous. We have a, this is a, this is a very special guest. This is royalty. Oh my the, god! In the building, we got Jay Holmes in the podcast. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Jay Holmes. Yes, sir. A little check in before we get this started. How are you doing? How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. I'm very excited to be on your show, Eric. Um, when I first saw you was going on, I was like, wow, like I'm really like this is really something major. I really do believe in this project and um I'm excited to see where it goes. I was so happy to see you doing this. This is really good. It fits, it's working. Got some great artists on here. And um, yeah, I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm in school. Um, back in Chicago. How is that? How's college? College, man. Um it's different, especially in the times that we're in. It's definitely different. Mm. It's definitely something to get used to, but I'm loving it. Um, always, of course, everybody dreams going to college to independence and whatever and whatnot. Mm. But um, those things are always good. But I'm also, I feel like I'm in a good spot with um, learning-wise and learning my craft and learning the things that I want to do and prepare myself for my career. So, um, yeah, it's good. Everything's going good. I'm meeting some great people, making some good connections. So I'm excited. How is that shift of going from high school to college you know me personally i think it wasn't that bad um everything is on zoom so that also helps a lot because like i would everybody's oh my god i want to be in person my whole thing is i like my little extra 20 minutes of sleep that i'm getting in the morning i don't gotta get up to like five minutes because i go from my bed to my desk simple as that cut the camera on maybe throw a shirt on or something but like I'm enjoying this whole Zoom world. So as so far, Are you really? Yeah, I like it. I think it's different. I think um, I'm learning more because I have to pay attention more, and I'm also picking up on other things that I want to be able to pick up if I was in a classroom setting. Also, um, from just an artist standpoint, I guess it's better to work in like your own private space. So like you're still in class, but you have your own space that you know that you you know and that you're used to. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of like that vibe. Of course, I still miss like, you know, actually being in a studio and interacting with people and um, feeding off their energy. But so far, so good. I love it here. I would not change it for the world for real, for real. I'm not even like, really? next year, I have to be worried about, oh wait, like I have to get up pick out an outfit, walk to class. And mind you, Chicago get cold. And in the winter, it don't matter how cold it is, like they're still going to have class. So it's like, this is sweet right now. And I'm, just, I'm actually worried about next year and next year's transition. But yeah, so far, so good. But even like acting on Zoom, you even, you even enjoy that too? Here's my thing about acting on Zoom, right? I think it couldn't have come at a better time. What? Truth be told, trust me, hear me, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I don't think it could have come at a better time because we were on this turn in the industry where by day things are progressing more and more to technology. Mm-hmm. 
also, since we are progressing to technology, of course, we're all going to have to learn. And I feel like this is a good entry level way to get us used to working with things like this, because I do believe this is the future, believe it or not. But um, also, I felt what was lacking in a lot of acting programs around the country, unless you were like um, more so a senior in college or you were working with the film department at your college, university or school, whatever, what have you, that on-camera training was lacking in a lot of programs, even at, you know, our high school as well. Yeah. And um, it's so crucial for an actor because that is, it, you have to be versatile. You can't just do theater um, all your life. And when you're like me, I've been doing th like live stage acting since I was four. And so I feel like that's good to build discipline and um, give you the real foundation that you need for theater and acting. But as you get older, and I think once you get to that high school stage, you just start really working and learning about on-camera acting. And so this gives us a way to kind of simulate that without um, you know, being in the classroom, having to set a camera up, doing a whole unit on it. It almost happens more naturally with doing these Zoom productions or whatever may have you. So um, I, I'm very appreciative of it. I think it was something that was meant to happen and it happened for a reason. And even now, like also with on-camera acting, teaching kids how to do self-tape. Self-tape auditions, there's oh, a yeah. true art to it, as they say. And um, we may never have to go in for an audition again until it gets to like those final rounds when they want to see you. But maybe all the preliminary auditions going to be on Zoom or through a self-tape. And then once you get closer, you have to go in. But I feel like this, I feel like it's more efficient. It's um, it's faster. It just personally works better for me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Sometimes it does get annoying because, you know, if you're working on a scene, you want to get that face-to-face -face reaction. But I like it so far. Wow. Every, literally everybody I talked to about this was like they hate it really yes i hate it in the beginning don't get me wrong in the beginning it was hard because i remember we were working on the spring show and we was all like bro this ain't gonna happen like <laughs> this is not gonna happen and it didn't happen but then as time went on i stopped I, I i told myself to stop looking at it as a curse but instead of a blessing mm. and that was over the summer once i got over the summer i got to take a um workshop with um jamal mcneil he's an acting coach out in hollywood he's coached some of the best octavia spencer taraj b henson and um he was telling us you know he kind of same way i just broke it down to you he explained to us how um this whole zoom world is really forcing us to get back to teaching the well-rounded artists where when i mean like stage and on camera so i'm very appreciative of it and then after that i started to see the benefits and i've been to several zoom productions and i i think what i like most about it is really opening the mind for creativity to see where we can go and see how we can recreate those in-person feelings through a screen mm -hmm. which i think is very unique to the process and i think it's um something very special and um i like to see the diversity i don't know i'm really into like just different <laughs> different stuff switching it up not staying with you know the status quo per se yeah. and um i feel like this is exactly what that is doing so i love it here how but how have you been doing like throughout all this you know the pandemic and the 
uh, the BLM stuff. You know, how have you been doing throughout all that? This is this year has been crazy. It's been a lot going on. So you being in college, you being a black man in college in yeah. Chicago, how is yeah? How is um, that? Well, I'm not gonna lie and say it's been it's been very much far from easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who would have thought? If you, if myself, literally, if this self, Jory, said, hey, um, he went back in time, told Jory 2019 around this time, hey, uh, so next year, this time, you're going to be in college, right, in Chicago, you're going to be in a pandemic, everything's going to be shut down, you're going to be on this thing called Zoom, it's kind of like Uvu back in the day, I would not believe myself at all. I would not believe myself because that just sounds ridiculous. The thought of a global pandemic is something that nobody was considering or thinking about. And so when it first arose, I was like, okay, let me be honest. I saw coronavirus on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I really honestly wholeheartedly thought this is not a joke. I'm so serious. I thought like a bad batch of beer had got out and it's like infecting the beer drinkers of the world, you know, the whites. Wait, are you lying? Are you being being so serious? I'm so serious. Like, oh, coronavirus. Oh, I don't even drink beer. Whatever. (laughs) So um, they're like, no, it's like a disease. I was like, what? Yeah, it started in China, da da da. And so coronavirus happened, boom, bada bang. I remember that the day I found out, went home. Then we went back to school that next day, and that was the day they were closing school. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on the train, and the train was jam-packed. And I always think back to that day, March 13th, never forget. Yep. And I was like, somebody on that train easily could have had Rona. Easily. That's right. You know how the trains, are de- when everybody just be on the train jam-packed like this, you know? Yes. And it's like, wow, that's crazy to think I was, like, Looking back at old videos from Snapchat, Instagram, from the parties and everything that I used to do, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if I ever want to be in a crowd that big again. Wow. Like, so crazy and scary to think about, like, even sometimes walking down the street. Recently, I've been scared to open. I used to always open my window in my room. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, the weather's been changing. I've been scared to open my window because I'm like, what if the virus, like, floats in here like, <laughs> off the street? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, it's a lot of anxiety and you know scary stuff or surrounding this whole pandemic and then it definitely shifted and it hurt it more when the george floyd situations happened then we started to find out about the ahmaud arbery situation Mm -hmm. and the brianna taylor situation and i was like wow even in a global pandemic racism can't stop Exactly. That's the thing that pissed me off the most. Like, we're in a global pandemic and y'all still don't care. Exactly. Y'all still see us as a threat when we're all under attack. You see what I'm saying? We're all fighting the same war at this point. We finally have something where we have somewhat of an equal playing field. Mm -hmm. Somewhat. Because there's still those lower income neighborhood and communities that don't get the same funding or don't have the same um, um equity to get the proper health codes in place. You see what I'm saying? So we're somewhat at an equal playing field, but y'all are still seeing us as a threat, which did not make sense to me. Over the summer, I was so, I was filled with so much emotion and I was angry, I was sad. Mm -hmm. I was like, how can this be where we are in 2020? And I started to think back. I remember it was 2016, my freshman year at our school. And um, I was like, 
it was the day Trump, we found out Trump got elected, right? I knew in my heart of hearts, Hillary Clinton was going to be president. I said, we're going to have a woman president, boom, bada, bang, we're progressing. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we found out Trump was president. And that's the only time that I felt like all hope was lost when Trump, when the first, when we found out Trump was going to be our next president, like I thought everything was going to be, you know, over. And as these four years went by, technically kind of did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, when I say this, I mean this in the most, I'm not trying to be funny. Like it wasn't that bad, but it was it still wasn't. bad. It was bad. It was, it was bad, but I really thought it was going to be like, you know, way worse. Yeah. And I think the way worse came at the end of this year. And I had never felt like that again until all the George Floyd and BLM protests started happening. Where it's like, where are, what are we doing? Where are we going? What is the purpose of all this? Why is this happening? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it was scary. It was scary. It was scary. I was scared. I'm still scared to mm-hmm. be a black man um, living in America. It's hard. Even here in Chicago, like you said, you know, being in Chicago, um, it's a city... Um, that's somewhat known for, well, it really is known for its violence and its crime, but that's not all Chicago has to offer. The art here is amazing. The artist here is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, The support and community of um, people here is amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, even though all that is still good, I've still had my experiences on the street in my dorm building on my campus of um you know the typical stuff and i would experience this stuff even back home on um, riding the train into dc and um for example i i was minding my business one day i got on the elevator um this other girl got on the elevator behind me she's a really small petite girl mm-hmm. and um, i said hey hello how you doing no response back okay she probably has headphones in i don't know <laughs> and so when you get off the elevator right there's this wall so you, when you walk to the right of the wall, mm-hmm. you're you're more than likely you're going outside, like leaving the building to go get something to eat, whatever you know. Yeah. If you go to the left, you're more than likely going to get laundry. Mm-hmm. So we the elevator stops on the first floor. I go out to my right because I'm leaving the building. Thinking about my, I was going to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts is doing the two five breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> Um, sausage egg and cheese croissant torch telling you um because mcdonald's is too far but anyway that's that's because point. but um so i walk to my right leaving the building she zooms to her left right mm-hmm. mind you this wall either way when you come around this wall you're bound to meet the person wherever you know mm-hmm. because it's just you know and so i walk she walks i get around the wall she's right there by the door about to leave out and she's like <gasps> like she jumps like she's you know, like girl and I'm like, you can go ahead, go ahead. I open the door for her, hold the door open for her. Just she just zooms out, zooms out. I say, please, when I get out this door, please don't let her go the same way. She's walking in the direction of Dunkin' Donuts. I said, okay, that's <laughs> cool. Let me just get to Dunkin' Donuts and it's whatever. So I'm walking behind her, minding my business, thinking about my two for five, chilling, <laughs> vibing. You know, I had um, I had put my AirPods in. I was listening to some music while I was walking down the street because it's like right next door. I ain't going nowhere for real. And so um, I'm walking, and while I'm walking, I notice she's like looking behind her back, adjusting her clothes, pulling her skirt down. She keeps looking and looking, and like as she's looking, she starts to increase her speed. It's a white girl, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Oh, no. Um, 
she starts increasing her speed. I'm like, oh my gosh, she thinks I'm about to attack. And so I'm like, let me just calm down, play it normal, just keep minding your business. And so she's walking, walking, walking. I'm getting closer to the Dunkin' Donuts, Eric. I'm so close to this Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, you're almost there. All you got to do is take a couple more steps and you don't have to worry about it. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And so she looks back. I kid you not, Eric, she looks back. I'm going to be her. She does just like this. You're me, I'm her. She looks back, turns around, and jolts. I kid you not, she runs into the Dunkin' Donuts and look, she, she's not going, she's not getting anything. She's not ordering anything. She looks through the window and watches me walk past. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to Subway. And, so I, <laughs> and um, it's things like that where it's like, wow, like. Wait, this is not funny, but. <laughs> it's not, it's the truth. It's funny, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. It's hilarious. But it's the truth, and there's it's the sad truth to be completely honest. But um, it's stuff like that where it's just like, wow, we're living in 2020, and people are still scared of a black man who goes to your school. Don't get me wrong, I am I'm larger, yeah. And for everybody that doesn't know, Jory is a big dude, though, he's a he's a big dude, I am, and I'm like, I know, like, I know my size and I know my strength and I know sometimes I can look a little threatening. Mm -hmm. And that's why I usually extend the olive branch like I did to her in the elevator to let her know, you know, you're safe here. Like, you know, it's cool. But it's just crazy. Like experience like that. I had, I can tell you, I can go on and on. This whole call could be about us talking about those experiences I've had back home or while I was here or wherever I am. People follow me around the store People, um, you know, doing whatever, crossing the street when I'm walking behind them. It's crazy. But um, it's stuff like that. It's just it hurts because, like, I was scared on my end because she can mm-hmm. say anything and I can get pinned up for something that it, it can make it be seem like it was something that is not. Yeah. And so it, it's hard. 2020 mm-hmm. has been hard. I feel like more than ever, we have realized that, yes, we have come far, but we have so much further to go when it comes to this racial divide in our country. And the man who has forefronted that and the man who has okayed that is Donald Trump. He's okayed it. He's made all these people who we didn't even know existed come out of the boondocks and vote for him and wear his mega and support him wholeheartedly and believe that what he's doing is right. Yeah. And even though he may not say, oh, black lives don't matter or black da 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 da, that's what his supporters are getting from him. So that was making, they have the same, technically same line of thinking. Mm-hmm. And what sucks the most, they support him so much, but he don't care about them for real. At all. Care about them at all. All he care about is him and his wealth. And his other wealthy counterparts. I'd be surprised if you don't, I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't care about them. So it's like they show so much love and support for a man who truly doesn't love or support them at all. And then they show hate because that's what they think they he wants them to do. You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, nah, that makes complete sense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but on the brighter side of that with 2020 i've also never felt more proud to be black i never mm. felt more proud to be a black man yes. i never felt more unified with not only other people um other african americans mm-hmm. other black people around the world but i've never felt more unified just to be a citizen for the people who do 
stand with us and stand for us, mm-hmm. I appreciate them. And for the people who do have somewhat of an understanding of my experience, or they try to understand our experience because they will never truly understand my experience, I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, it's just with this past election, um, I felt the love and support. I don't know about you. I remember in Chicago, it had been cold. All of a sudden, when Joe got elected, sun came out. It was warm. Mm. People was outside in shorts, honking their horn. It was just like yeah. a party. Yeah. And um, it was great. I also I had had a conversation with um my roommate, and he was like, um, he was like, yeah, you know, I may know the numbers and the statistics, and all this facts, but I will never know what it feels like or what it is to what it is what is it what it means oh my god what it means to be in your shoes as a black man every day mm-hmm. and that really like having people like that in your circle like he's like he literally lives right across the hall from me and um knowing there's people like that in this world period and that some are just so close it's a comforting feeling and it does give me hope for the future um we have come so far as a generation and we have made so much progress. And I feel like this generation has had more knowledge than ever, more presence and power than ever, and a bigger voice than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, our you know, ancestors, our parents, family members have done a lot of the groundwork. And I really feel like it's our duty to take that to the next level and really, really push this message. And so it's been a years of so many high highs and low lows, a lot of low lows, but... I, I I try to be as optimistic as possible, and I do have hope for the future. And I um I have hope for 2021. If anything, this year has taught me definitely expect the unexpected. Tomorrow is yeah. not promised. Um, so all the best thing you can do is live in the present and live each day to the fullest, and don't let anything hold you back. If that's that's my biggest takeaway, do not let anything hold you back because you never know when it's just going to be your time. So message and like how and like you said like throughout all the bad there is some good right there's a lot of good that happened this year but it was just a, also a lot of bad that right. covered right. it up right but what is some good for you that happened personally like something personally for you that happened that was good this year some good for me that happened mm-hmm. um well like I said, I got the chance to um, work with Jamal McNeil over the summer. That was something great for me. I love that experience. I also got to take a master class with Tarashi B. Henson. That was something great for me. Mm-hmm. Just um, really making it out here to Chicago. And um, I was very nervous. I was scared, but I had to shut all that up real quick. Because I was like, this is me stepping into my destiny. That's how I um, saw it. Yeah, and um, I can't let little stuff like that hold me back. I know, like I said, that's my biggest lesson this year. But yeah, making making it out here to Chicago and um, making it safely, and really staying on top of my work and juggling this whole college thing in um, this pandemic that we're in, um, that's been something great for me. I really, you know, just waking up every day is something that's been great for me, honestly, yeah. because. Not everybody has been doing that this year at all. Just being able to wake up and do what I love. That's something that's truly been a blessing to me this year. Doing, waking up and being able to do what I love, being able to act, being able to 
entertain people, being able to help people through my work and through the little work that I do in class or um, independent work, being able to um, just make art and be happy. That's just been some of the great things. Spend time with family, all of the great people I'm meeting here, the great connections, the knowledge that is being poured into me. I'm just extremely grateful for this moment in my life right now and in this, in this experience. And I honestly wouldn't change it for anything mm-hmm. at all. That's yeah. something we take for granted as humans, just waking up. And right, yeah. Just waking yeah. up, being able to breathe. Just right. all, all the little things that we take yeah. for granted. And it's crazy because we, and even though we think of them as little things, they're really huge they're things. Major, major things. things. It's yeah. like literally, like some people do did not wake up this morning, and I was the one of the ones who did. We were one of the ones who did, and countless other people woke up this morning. And it's just little stuff like that, especially with this whole COVID thing getting more serious. Every week, it's like I'm finding out more people who are in intensive care units because of Corona. Yes, and it's crazy that I'm so blessed to be in a safe space, been being safe, washing my hands, wearing my mask. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> wash my hands, wear my mask, and being healthy, taking my vitamins. Oh, let me take my vitamins. Taking my vitamins. <laughs> I'm going to take my vitamins right now. You got airborne. I pop two of these every morning, but I'm going to live today. But um, yeah, airborne's taking my vitamins. I'm extremely blessed. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's all, it's all good. It's all yeah, good. But yeah. That's I'm I'm very grateful. I'm very mm-hmm. grateful. Um, mm. Recently, I've been in the space. I've been in a very almost I don't want to say negative, but it kind of was a pretty negative space where um, I was getting down on myself. And I don't always. I want to. I'm one of my own biggest critiques. I know people may see like oh. Jory, he has so much confidence. He's mm-hmm. the guy. He's the it guy. He makes people laugh. He, you know, he's Jory. Da, da, da. Yeah. But if you ask anybody like truly close to me, my mom, my brother, mm-hmm. I'm like the biggest critic of myself. And I sometimes, I'm not ashamed to say it. I compare myself to others. I feel like that's natural. As yeah. humans, we do that naturally. For sure. It's not a good thing. But I often do compare myself to, I'm like, oh, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. And look at me, I'm over here. Mm -hmm. And then I had to snap myself back into place like jewelry. Like some people are not even, you don't have the opportunities that you do. You know, it's not everybody's in college. Not everybody's able to um, practice what they love or practice what they're passionate about. Yeah. And for, for whatever reason, whether it's lack of support, whether it's lack of financials, and so I really had to snap myself back in place and be like, you know, you're where you are for a reason and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I often have to have those check-ins with myself just to remind myself to keep pushing on and keep doing what I'm going to do because the work I know the work I'm doing is not going to be in vain. Message! And um, I just had to snap myself back to reality and uh, really check in, really check in. And it's important to do that in general, just in life. Um, people can get so down on themselves and feel like, 
oh, I'm not this, or I haven't done that, or I don't have this, so I can never be this. But none of that matters at all. Just how you, like, that's why I applaud you, Eric. Mm-hmm. I truly do applaud because he's like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast, arts blog, interview an artist. Great idea. Great. And you started with the people that you knew. Yeah. Everything that you need to be successful is already right there in front of you. And you're living proof of that. Thank you. You're very much living proof of that. And I, I, I mean that with mm-hmm. all of me. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. When I, like, again, when I saw this, I was so excited mm-hmm. and so overjoyed and it warmed my heart to see that young artists like you, mm-hmm. like um, Jordan, like, um, what's the old girl name? Wow, I feel bad. She's going to be so, Morgan. Oh. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's going to be so bad. Um, but no, for real, like seeing y'all do this, I was, it just warmed my heart. And then when I got asked you, I was honored. I honestly, I mm. truly, truly, truly was honored to do this. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just had to remind myself when you asked me to do it, I was like, look at Eric, Eric just did it. Like you're on the right path. And so mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard doing what we do. It's hard. Um, just living as a person. Mm-hmm. You all have these big dreams and goals and aspirations. Sometimes you wonder to yourself, well, wow, am I ever going to get there? But you will get there. And you're going to get exactly where you're supposed to be. And you're going to re- you don't realize that until you get there. Yeah. And it's all in timing. It's all in timing. It may not happen when you want it, but it's going to happen. So. And believe it or not, like a piece of the reason I got the confidence to do it, because uh, when I was starting, I was talking to my dad. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. What if people are not messing with it? Then he was like, what if people are low? Then right. I thought about the school I went to and like how much risk we take. Then right. I thought of you and how and we're going to talk and we're going to talk about this. I'm going to ask you about this later on in the interview. Okay. I thought about you and how you host and how you're yeah. just so willing to get in there and just do it. And I was like, oh, oh man, yeah. Thank you so much, man. Of course. Yeah. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you for real. Yeah, so I mean, you are. Big reason why I got the confidence to do this. Oh wow, wow, that means a lot. That really means the world to me, Eric. Wow, yeah. I really appreciate that. Wow, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's my whole thing. Like, that's why I. That's why I love acting and I love mm-hmm. transforming into people because you never know who you're touching. You never know who you're going to be. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> it's that vitamin. Hold on. <laughs> Um, you never know who you're going to be, uh, who you're going to be um, interacting with that day, or mm-hmm. who really needs this pick me up, or whose story you're telling, whether it be on stage in film, whether you're talking, just talking to somebody down the street, or just taking a walk, whatever it is, making a post on Instagram. You never know who you're going to be touching, who you're going to be reaching to give them the confidence, or give them the power, or the tools, or whatever it may be to pursue their dream and pursue what they want to do. So yeah, I'm very big on that. I'm very big. Cause like, you know, what if there was no, I don't know if you see my senior project. I don't even know what that joint is. I lost that. I got to tell you about that. But um, what if there was no little Richard? Like if little Richard never had the confidence yeah. to do what he did back in his time, would there be a little Uzi? Would there be a young thug? Would there have been a James Brown? Would there have been a Jimi Hendrix, a David Bowie? Mm-hmm. All those Rico Nasty, Asian doll, all those gender bending fluid artists, would they have been if little Richard 
didn't do what he did back in his time and start that um, whole genre of artists and yeah. then both of say, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And I love why I'm going to embrace it. Would there have been those, this long lineage of artists that are now and they're still to come? Would they have happened? Probably not. It probably wouldn't have. Probably not. And so it's like you have, you have to do it. You have to do it because you never know. It's, it's much bigger than you. That's something I've realized. It's, it's always everything you do in life is much bigger than just you. Mm. You don't know where any of these podcasts are going to go. You don't know where any of these podcasts. This can go to somebody in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and they can ping it over to somebody in Arizona, and Arizona can get to London. You never know. You never know the amount of people that you're touching just by doing this podcast, just by having these conversations. Yeah. And so that's what I—that's what kind of keeps me going. Like, okay, well, if you're not doing it for you today, do it for the next person. Mm-hmm. Or do it for the next person or do it for whatever do it for the people who couldn't do it that's another major reason why i do what i do i had two friends who were both artists who unfortunately passed away one passed away in 2016 mm-hmm. and the other one passed away in 2017 and um whenever i'm feeling down or whenever i'm feeling you know discouraged or whenever i just need a little bit of strength or actually pick me up mm-hmm. i think about them like oh what would face do if he was here if Journey was here, what was you, my friend Journey? She had a um, terminal cancer. It's called renal medullary carcinoma. Mm-hmm. It's a um, form of kidney cancer that stems from the sickle cell trait. And um, she was diagnosed with stage four. And around the time she was diagnosed, she had already started working on her project. It was her mm-hmm. first project ever, her first um, mixtape. She was a rapper and singer, actress. And um, we went to middle school together. And she was like a little sister to me. And so when she was working on a project, she would literally go from chemotherapy to the studio, no matter how tired she was, no matter how lack of energy she had, mm-hmm. she said, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to put this project out. And grateful, she put the project out right before she passed. Wow. And um, it's a beautiful project. And so she's a major influence in my life. I'm like, if Journey woke up and did it and she had cancer, going, undergoing chemo, then I can do it. Yeah. My other friend, Isaiah, we called him Face. Mm-hmm. He was a party promoter. And mm-hmm. um, he was just he was just a businessman. He was always trying to figure out, always hustling, always trying to figure out how he can make his next dollar. And he never let, no matter what nobody told him. And we were like, all right, Face, you can't do that. Come on, Face. Like, really, for real? Even I've been guilty of discouraging him, <clears throat> my brother, his other friends. And he, no matter what anybody told him, he said, I'm going to do it. And he did it. And so um, they're both two major inspirations to me. So I want to do it for them because they necessarily didn't have the opportunity to carry out what they wanted to do. So yeah. it'll, be, it'll be doing a disservice to myself and them and anybody else I may, I may supposed to come in contact with over these next couple of years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't stop. So you that's, can't. yeah, being, yeah, yeah. 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 How is it being surrounded in Chicago? I remember you saying that you are surrounded by great artists. There's mm-hmm. great artists around you. How is it? What is that feeling being surrounded? Well, actually, hold on. Two questions. Okay. What is the feeling being around all of those great artists? And what is the comparison about this ensemble that you're, you are around now in your old ensemble at Duke? 
Um. Okay, let me start. Being around these, all these many great artists, it's it's inspiring. Um, it's always. I mean, when I came to Duke, it was a great feeling of knowing there was other people just in my area who had the same passion and same hopes and dreams as I did. Yeah. And we can relate on a lot of things other than, you know, just typical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, other than like, you know, music and art, but just everything as just as a person, we had a lot of same views in the same, um, you know, beliefs and whatnot. And then bringing it to college, it's like a whole world. Cause that's just, you know, your small knit community of people who live around you. Yeah. This is like people from around the country, around the world who really have all this information and tidbits to add to you that you can pull from. It's like, it's just like sensory overload. You're learning so much. You're discussing so much. You're um, pulling from so much. I truly take it as a learning experience to expound upon my knowledge that I have already mm-hmm. and um, just build and grow from there. It's, I love it. I love having conversation. I love watching people. I've been doing that. It's kind of weird. Um, I love watching people, watching how they work, watching how they move. Um, I've just, it's, it's so inspiring. It's so inspiring to really um, see people in their different way of learning or using a technique. Mm-hmm or um, just analyzing text, or just carrying conversation. I see it definitely as a learning experience, period. It's just a major learning experience. It's so fulfilling and good to be learning and interacting with new things and new people. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like it. And my ensemble, wow. Well, let me tell you something. Just like Dorothy and the Wizard, it's no place like home. There is no <laughs> ensemble like my ensemble back at school, back at home. And um, yeah, I love them. We still talk to this day. We were just really? talking this morning in the group chat. Yes, we still we still talk to this day. Like that's that's my family for real. I have mad love for them. Every single last one of them. We all have such a unique bond, and I we always say we was the realest most genuine ensemble there was we kept it real no matter what and it's good to have those people back home that you always know is going to be there for you to just have a good conversation and goof out like old times you know what i'm saying when you just mm-hmm. need that release and i often go to them for that but um yeah it's amazing uh they're great mm-hmm. wow my ensemble here you know, because it's, you know, Zoom and Corona. I only have met a couple of them in person, mm-hmm. but we have a pretty good flow of things. Um, so it's weird here. You know, at Columbia, it's, it's really weird. Like, you have, you have, your, you have an ensemble, right? But um, we're not always together. So we don't all take the same classes. Like our schedules are still pretty scattered until we get closer to like the end of sophomore, end of junior, senior year. Mm-hmm. So, but they're cool. I feel like we're a very unique group of people with a lot to offer. Um, we all have our different ways of going about art and um, seeing things. We recently had to do a project. It's called a Exquisite Corpse. Mm-hmm. We um, took the play Medea. I'm sure y'all read it. Yeah. We read it, so it was like a refresh. But um, that's nothing. A lot of plays that we read at school, you're gonna read them again in college. You're gonna be ahead. For real? Yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Do they really do prepare you well? I will say that they truly do prepare you well. Um, 
on our side and academics as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we had to do an exquisite course project and we had to take the text from Medea and we all got a section and we had to analyze that section and tell it in any way we want. It could be a dance, it could be a song. Some people drew pictures. Um, and um, we had to string it together in one video. And just hearing how um, other artists think is always intrigues me and seeing how I can see something as one way mm -hmm. And another person, like this one girl in my group, she went out and took clips of people walking down the street and she pieced the clips together to tell the, her section of Medea. I saw my section, at, it was the messenger section when he's putting the piece together about, you know, the burning dress and all that, whatever, whatnot. Yeah. And I saw that section as, oh, the messenger, he's putting the pieces together of the play of like all the leading events that come to now and mm -hmm. she's about to kill her kids. So I did a photo collage of like, you know, um, the gold dress, the army, what's his face? And then the big picture was Medea hugging her two kids and I cut it up and made like a little puzzle and I put the piece together. So just hearing how we all work, it shows like, wow, we're like a really unique class. We all have our own personality. We all have our own way of thinking. We're not really one-minded mm -hmm. and we're very diverse and creative, which gives me hope about the work we want to do together in the future. So yeah, I really can't wait to, you know, really get in there and, like, vibe with them more. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. yeah. But there's no ensemble like my ensemble. There's no <laughs> ensemble like my ensemble back home. I will say that. I haven't had the personal, real, like, family connection mm -hmm. here that I've had with them back home. But, yeah, no, definitely. That's great, though. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's um, amazing. I want to talk to you about your hosting because you're you have hosted a lot of things at the school, whether it be for the whole school, for the theater department, at lunch, like you've hosted some stuff. So tell me about your hosting journey. Where did that come from? So, okay, the year was twenty. Was that the year <laughs> twenty twenty eighteen? Uh. So before I actually started hosting, right, mm -hmm. me and my brother and um, my friend Isaiah, who passed, we would all go to parties all the time. Mm -hmm. And we would just be just having fun, wilding out. And I'll just go up to the DJ, hey, let me get on the mic real quick. Yeah, da, 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 what's up, y'all? Just crazy, just doing whatever. I don't care. Like, I'm having fun. It's a party. It's just being me. Mm -hmm. And people was like, you know, oh, oh, okay. Da, da, da. But I never took it serious. Like, oh, I'm just joking, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then 2018 happened and I was working on things with acting and I was, I considered doing some like, you know, speaking arrangement gigs, like churches and stuff and whatever, whatnot. I spoke on a, a conference that year. And so I would host little stuff like that um, for Prince George's County and in Merlin for my parents' job and whatnot. And I was doing that when I was a little kid up until then. Mm -hmm. And then my friend um, asked me to host, oh, can you host my uh, 16th birthday party? I was like, host your 16th birthday party? <laughs> I was like, I don't really know how to like host a party for real. Like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, come on, host my 16th. I said, all right, whatever, throw me on the fly. <laughs> for real. It was just like, throw me on the fly. I said, okay. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what I was going to do. I just, okay, let me put this outfit on. I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. So I went and I did Imani's birthday party. And everybody was like, wow, you're really good. Da, 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 da. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Oh, they're like, yeah, do you do this for real? I was like, nah, it was just, you know, some fun. But if I'll, I'll do it again. Mind you, that night I didn't get paid. My payment <laughs> was a plate of food and a slushie from the party. <laughs> it was good. Like, they gave me an extra place to take home. Like, that was my payment. And I was like, okay, well, that was cool. Got to start then, somewhere. That's got to start somewhere. I'm telling you. Um, and then from before that, people had known me as like the guy who was always be at all the parties. I knew where all the party was every weekend. I knew who was throwing. People would send me the parties to post on. That's when Snapchat was real big. I would post the parties on my Snapchat story because everybody know. Oh, he know where the parties at. I got to send him my party so people come out. And so I started doing that. And then my friend Tommy, we had went to middle school together. And uh, her 16th birthday party was coming up. Mm-hmm. And so she had reached out, yeah, um, can you promote this one? I said, yeah, sure. And then her mom was like, oh, um, yeah, you should get Joy to host it. And so her and her mom hit me. I was like, yeah, um, we want you to host. Cool, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I pulled up to the party. I hosted Tommy's 16th birthday party. I did very little, like very little, 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 little. And then the next day we was like, yeah, um, they hit me. They hit me back up again. They're like, yeah, um, so... We want you to start, you know, doing more party, parties with us and everything. And um, me and Tommy have been cool. We had, uh, you know, seen each other, talked here and there. We've been at the same party before, spoke then. Um, but this was before everything, like, blew up major. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, I want you to be at all my events, on the mic, da-da-da-da, cool, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so then that's when Tommy starts to form her group. And we, she had a... We had a person who sponsored our parties at the time who would like put up the front money mm-hmm. and then we would get the back end of like people paying at the door and all that stuff. We would break it down like that. He got his cut back and then we get the rest. Yeah. And so then that's when they started discussing to build a team. And we wanted, she wanted a DJ, photographer, videographer, MC, da da da. So I went out to the um, meeting, got all the information at the meeting, and we started doing a party. I was already, before the group got together, I was already supposed to do the party, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music or something like that. Yeah. And um, it was Shelly the MC, Big Mackie, and Zan Man before he was big. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute, right? So I was already supposed to do that party. But then they tried to say, oh, no, nobody's doing this party at all. Da, 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 da. They actually lied and called me on my phone. was like, hey, um, I don't know if you noticed, but Kaisha, uh, that's Tommy's mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm now my manager. She's <laughs> like, oh, I, uh, Kaisha, let me tell you, um, you're not doing the party no more, da, da, da. So that's when I called. I was like, hey, um, I'm not doing the party. She's like, what? You're doing the party, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And so um, the party comes. She's like, yeah, you're doing the party, period. I do the party, right? This is before Zaman was big. The mm-hmm. thing about Zaman, when he came out, everyone was like, who is Zaman? Nobody yeah, knows yeah. who he is. He was the first party that we ever, like, who, it was his first performance ever at a party, right? And so he came, and I was like, boo, everybody was pressed for Big Mackie and Shelly then. Yeah. And so I do the party, and everyone's like, wow, who's on the team at this time? Everyone's like, wow, you're really good. Wow, da da da. And we had a meeting after the party. We talked about the highlights. They said, oh, what was the biggest highlight from the party? And everyone's like, oh, Joy was really good. Da da da. I'm like, wow, wait, I kind of actually got something going on here. You almost ain't, ain't even do it. And I didn't even do it. And I wasn't supposed to do it, right? I got paid that that one. I got paid eighty dollars. Literally, I got paid eighty dollars. That's what they said. Oh, how much you charge? Oh, eighty to host the party. Eighty dollars. And I was pressing for a little bit of eighty dollars. I was like, oh, I just got eighty dollars. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then so that's when they're like, you're much bigger than like that was the last time we want to take eighty dollars for a party. And so then we go on, and there was some really bad 
behind the scenes management stuff. They weren't uh, trying to allow us to get paid from actually doing the events that we were doing. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to let nobody work the events that we were doing, even though it was supposed to be a kid's event company. Yeah. And this was Tommy's vision and Tommy's brainchild. It was Tommy supposed to be leading it, but the guy who was putting up the money tried to you know, take it over and make it something that it was not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so that's when me, Tommy, Shady, and like two other people, Tata, we parted ways from them and we said, you know what? We're going to do this on our own the way we want to do it. Yes. It was the scariest thing I have ever done in my life. Yes. So Tommy had been booked for um, a party in Wardorf, right? Ooh. And so that's when they were like, oh, we want the whole team. Like, can we get the DJ? Give me the jewelry? Da, 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 da. Yeah. They threw me up on the fly. I remember I took, I had my brother take pictures on my iPhone in portrait mode for my picture for the fly. I had this leather jacket on, this black hoodie. It looked really wild. Um, but that was like the first major party that we had as this new company, Crown Entertainment, right? And so earlier that day, and once we decided like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this as a group, we hit the ground running. We started reaching out to schools and um, we got to do a couple career days um, at different schools in Prince George's County and some in DC. And uh, we went to a school earlier that day and then that night we had the party in Wardorf. We didn't know like, it was just gonna be a regular party in Wardorf. And then as we start filling up and like filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up, filling up, we're like, whoa, like we're, like we're past capacity. Like we cannot let any more people in. And people was like, really like, wow, like, yeah. Woo, crown, crown, crown. Oh, snap. Like, this is really us. Like, this like, they like, you know, like they, this is really us. It was crazy. And so um, it was crazy. And over like 500 something people came to that party that night. And so that's when we got back and we said, hey, we gonna do it. We all got paid. Mm. We all got like, you know, some, like we got our name out there. Finally, you know, and we only, and we all did this in a matter of, I promise you, maybe like a month, maybe uh -huh. a month. We hit the ground running when we left. And um, after that, we just kept doing it. We did parties. Then other people started reaching, us to us, um, reaching out to us to do other events like uh, we did a Zumba. We did a breast cancer walk. We did a couple school dances. We did Cardozo's dance. We did a little bit of Flowers Homecoming. Um, and we just kept coming in and coming in, booking and booking and booking and booking and booking and booking and booking. And we were still doing parties. We were still throwing our own party, hosting other people's Sweet 16s, 18s, whatever and what have you. Then we started getting into concerts. Mind you, let me rewind real quick. At the beginning of 2018, it was like a big year for the DMV. Shy, Glizzy, Rico Nasty, and Q the Fool were at the um, oh. stage, right? And I went to that concert. And I remember watching Rico Nasty on stage and like watching Shy, Glizzy, and watching Q the Fool. I was like, wow, bro, like, I don't know somehow, but I want to get on that stage. <laughs> I was not a rapper. I had no, I never had any intentions on being a rapper. And so um, I was like, one day I'm going to be on that stage. I don't know how, but one day I'm going to be on that stage. I'm going to be on that stage. I'm going to be on that stage. I got to make it happen. So as I started doing parties, and doing part of getting our name out there more and more, mm -hmm. Shy Glizzy was planning his end of the year concert at Echo Stage. The promoter had got in contact with us and wanted us to open up for Shy Glizzy. It was Shy Glizzy, Money Mar, 
Young Manny and a couple of other people. We was like, oh my God, like bro, oh, that's a huge, that's a big lineup. It was a crazy show. Mind you, every stage holds like 5,000 some people. Yeah. So it's like crazy. And this was, was our first concert ever. We had other like talent shows and stuff we was booked for that weekend. We had my birthday party that weekend. Um, yeah, this was December. It was my 17th birthday party. And um, Rico Nasty came to that. And then I opened up for Shy Glizzy that same weekend. So it's like, I shared the stage with Rico Nasty like I said I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I shared the stage with Shy Glizzy just how I said I wanted to in the beginning of that year. Yeah. So it was like a full circle moment from going to the audience to on that stage. And then ever since then, it kind of like I hit the ground running. I did that. We rock. Everybody's like, oh my God, y'all so good. Um, I got to meet Shy Glizzy's manager. He was real cool and just enjoyed the show. The vibes were great. I had a lot of friends and family come out and support me. It was just, it was an amazing experience. And ever since then, like, I've just been on hosting. And since I've got to work with, um, I did a The Baby concert when he came through at the Fillmore. That was a great experience. Got to meet him. He's such a cool dude. So humble. His team is great. Yeah. Um, he's really funny. <laughs> uh who else have I done stuff with? I don't know. I've just been all around the DMV. Mm. Shot Glizzy, you know, Shelly, the usual artist. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. That's how it all started. Just from me getting on the mic at random parties and someone at OK host my Sweet 16 and I say yes. Not knowing what I was actually jumping into. So, yeah. yeah. From that, I've most definitely learned just always say yes. Just say yes. You never know what you're going to do. You never know. And then at Duke, the crazy thing was, I'm gonna keep it a buck. They, they didn't necessarily want me doing parties. Like people in the department, they didn't want me doing parties. Why? They didn't want me hosting anything because they felt like, they felt like it was, it was a distraction to me. Mm, got you. And once other departments started reaching out, because I had done stuff for vocal the year prior, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted me to come back and come back and come back. And other departments started reaching out for me to do stuff for them. And they were like, what is he like? Did you see? Da, da, da. And they like, like, you know, they saw it as a distraction. And that's why they started to say that I was slipping on my acting work because I was too focused on hosting and that whole world that I had just broken into. And I was just like, I was so confused. But um we had to have a sit down and have a conversation, explain, you know, like, this is something that I want to do. This is something I'm passionate in. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't really performing in the shows in the theater department at the time. So it was like, I didn't want to just sit there and wait. I wanted to go go out and make my own opportunities for myself. And that's something that I learned from Mr. Ruffin, always going out and making your own opportunities when there are none. So that's yeah. when I started. But I love hosting. It's something that I never want to let up on doing um i don't care where i am how old i get well maybe i do care how old i get (laughs) um yeah and just recently in quarantine i started learning how to dj that's something i do just for fun like it's just just for fun just to keep that actually you know really stimulates my mind and keeps me engaged with art and things like that and um keeps me up on music of course yeah yeah i love it it's changed my life for real it gave me a little butt kept my money coming in so that's always good yeah so i'm 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 truly blessed to have fell into that yeah but you are really good at it though really thank you i appreciate that like i I remember i remember i'll never forget this day it was the talent show 
in December, we was just about to go on Christmas break. You had the whole, it was, it was really last minute on the fly thing. You hosted the whole thing effortlessly, went from person to person, read the paper. and was like, oh, all right. Like you like, like it was just so effortless. And I remember just sitting there watching you. I was like, wow, this is, this is good. Thank you, Eric. Dang. Oh, I do. And I really do. I miss doing those little shows at lunch and like, you know, put them together on the fly and getting people to come up and perform and playing the music and getting yeah. people hyped and all that. Like, I really do miss doing that. It was, it was, it was a fun time. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. I really appreciate that. Yeah. But I mean, Jory. We have yeah. something special for you. Well, it's not really special. We ask everybody this, but okay, you're the first person. You're the first alum. Oh wow! Had on the podcast, so I would like to ask you this from an alum standpoint, Jory. Did you used to go to Duke Ellington School of the Arts? I did used to go <laughs> Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Yes, I did. All right. On it, Off Street. Yep. That was me. That was definitely me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Oh, that makes me cringe. Oh, it makes me cringe. Oh, it makes me cringe. I hate when you, oh, you're a Duke alum. I'm like, no, don't call me that. Don't call me that. I went to Duke. I'm not a Duke alum. I went to Duke. It's not even the fact that I, I'm ashamed to be an alum, but I don't know. Like, that's a good thing. That's a big deal. It's a great thing. It's a big, it's a huge deal. And I'm proud to be, it's just the word alum makes me feel so old. I don't know. <laughs> that's what it is. Because my dad like, oh yeah, I'm an alum. No, I just graduated. <laughs> yeah, like I literally just graduated. Just say, oh, I used to go to Duke. I'm not an alum yeah. yet. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I did used to go to Duke. But Jory, I need your honest opinions on the school. I feel like you will be more honest because you don't go there no more and you don't have to suffer no, (laughs) you don't have to suffer anything or lose anything because you don't go there. Now, if you cap it, I'm going to call you out on it. But yeah, just go, be honest. Like, have you been this whole podcast? Wow. Well... (laughs) My honest opinion on Duke. <laughs> wait, wait. Don't stop me. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me start off by saying this. Um, You don't. <laughs> um, uh, you don't um, appreciate Duke until you leave. Hmm. Like I said, given everything that happens in that building, Duke did teach me a lot, and they did prepare me for a lot. Um, like I said, I, 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 I. I, do, I have been, like this year, a lot of things that we've been talking about in my classes are pretty much a review for me because I learned a lot of it at Duke. I learned a lot of, you know, viewpoints, just the basic groundwork to be an actor at Duke, all the plays, a lot of the plays, like some of the plays I don't even have to read because I already know like the back of my hand. So because of Duke. So 
artistically, yes, they have prepared me. Okay. Academically, okay. <laughs> I'm really not trying. They have no. Honestly, goodness, they have. Um, they have prepared me. I took what I knew I needed, and I just forgot the rest. Honestly, good. So we keep it hundred with you. Uh, I took what I needed. I forgot the rest, and I feel like Duke. Yes, Duke has prepared me um, academically. <sighs> now let's get into it. <laughs> I, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very appreciative of Duke and everything that they have done for me. Okay. Um, and the things that they taught me. Where I differ. <laughs> When it comes to Duke Ellington, um, hey, yo, this has to be the most funniest response I've ever gotten on this question. Duke has a tendency of relying on their past accolades and accomplishments when they're just that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um truth be told honestly um i feel like mm -hmm. and this is my personal opinion nobody can really deter me from that mm -hmm. i feel like duke needs a major revamping we got the new building yeah but the faculty necessarily doesn't match that new building Got you. You need fresh new voices mm -hmm. who are in current in the industry today. Mm -hmm. Not to say the classics that are there. Not to say that the classes that are there do not know the industry now. But they're not in the industry working, know like like know the industry what it is now. They can teach you the groundwork, the the true beginnings, the classics, <laughs> but they can't um I got a text. Um oh, sorry. They can't mm, excuse me. They can't teach you, girl. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, they can't teach you what it what it means to go out and audition today. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've been learning here. Yeah. And so I feel like Duke needs a major revamping of all departments. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh we Duke. <laughs> Had some <sighs> Duke has some has some has some leadership that is strong and efficient in certain areas. Okay. But in others, it lacks bad. Um bad, really bad. And it shouldn't be that way. Mm -mm. Um, 
I want to get back to the, I wanted to go to the Duke. And I, well, let me, y'all really want the full story. Let me be honest. I've never, I'm, a, I'm this is the, like, this is the first interview <laughs> I'm going to do where um, I always say, oh yeah, when I, you know, when I start doing interviews, I'm going to tell them the story. I never in my life before going, I never intended on attending Duke Ellington School. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to goodness. And you want to know what's crazy? You want to know what's crazy? You want to know what's crazy? Where did you want to go? It was my dream, my hope, my passion. Since I was in first grade, I wanted to go to Baltimore School for the Arts. You're fucking no lying. Jazz. No jazz. No jazz. You're lying. No jazz. <laughs> no jazz. Let me tell you, right? I go in the audition for BSA, make past the first round of auditions, go to the second round of auditions, make past the second round, go to the third round of auditions. Boom. Get to my third round of auditions. I'm killing it. I'm in my zone. I'm doing what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And they're like, good job, good job, good job. Right? Yeah. Um, and then that day, I got that letter in the mail. I opened that letter. I'm sorry. We regret to inform you. You will have not been admitted into... BSA for the fall 2016, whatever. And I was like, my whole world changed. Wow. My whole world like dropped. Everything fell into peace. I was like, I'm over it. I'm never acting again. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go to my neighborhood high school and I'm gonna become a nurse. Hey, like, why is that the mood though? That's that literally, literally, I said I'm done. Like, I'm not <laughs> acting ever again. Like, there's no point in me doing this. I'm not gonna get heartbroken over and over and over again for my career. What? So that's when they had said, you know, if you want to get feedback on your audition, you can always call. Mm. So my mom called and we listened to the feedback. Was, oh no, he passed with flying colors. It was just the fact that he's not a Baltimore city or county resident, and they have to accept. Baltimore County residents first before they accept anybody else. And they have like they have to like if there's an extra student that like has like the almost the same amount of ratings, uh-huh. then they have to accept them and not me. So because I wasn't a Baltimore City resident or a Baltimore County resident, I could not go to BSA. Oh. I could audition for next year, but the next year would have it could have been the same thing. It would be a slim chance of me getting in. Mm-hmm. So that was that. And so once I heard that, that made things a little bit better, but I still wanted to be at BSA. And I said, if it's not BSA, it's nothing. Yeah. So that's when I was ready to go to my neighborhood high school and boom, bada, bang. My mom's like, oh, well, don't you want to try for Duke? I said, Duke? Oh my God, no. I would never go. Like from what I've like, I've always seen, without even doing any research about Duke, mm-hmm. I've always seen BSA as like the epitome of actors, you know, like, oh, <laughs> Say that's where you need to be if you want to be an artist. And then Duke was like, oh, Duke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I didn't even know much about Duke at the time. And so my mom was like, don't just go ahead and audition for Duke. Like, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll audition for Duke. So she got in contact with um, a parent, a family friend that we had a student that went there who graduated in 2019. Her mom got in contact with Miss um, O. And um, they got me an audition. My audition process for Duke was literally the most oddball. It wasn't like the regular audition process. I came in on a day where there weren't even auditions, and it was just class. So I come in, and I'm like, hey, I'm here for my Duke audition. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh, boy. Um, let me not say that. Mr. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, uh, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, Mr. Johnson. Um, wow. Mr. Johnson. Like, okay, we're going to put you in some classes today. Yada, yada, cool, cool, cool. So I literally, I sit in a department meeting. I go through all the classes. I get to um, the end of the day and I still have yet to audition. And so at this point, it's five o'clock school day. It's over. I'm sitting in the lobby waiting for my dad to come. My dad comes like, hey, how'd it go? I said, oh, I did an audition. You did an audition? You been here all this time? You did an audition? No. What were you doing? Oh, I've just been in classes all day, you know, shadowing. You're like, what? He's like, well, audition? I said, yeah, 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 I'm on audition. I'm on audition. And so I'm sitting there waiting, thinking somebody's going to come upstairs and eventually come and get me and tell me, oh, yeah, it's time for you to audition. <laughs> so we're sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. I probably was like 10, 15 minutes go by. And I turn to my dad, I'm like, I'll be right back. So I go downstairs and I um, go to, that's when the theater building was all the way in the basement at mm-hmm. GP. And I go to Mr. Johnson's office and I knock, I'm like, hey, um, I- I'm Jory, am I-, am I auditioning today? Literally, Eric, I kid you not, this is him. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, 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 come this way, come this way, come this way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> he goes to the next office where like all the other, you know, mm-hmm. Data teachers are. And he grabs Miss Clay and Miss Clay. He's like, um, hey, um, can you come sit on this audition with me real quick? And um, she's like, um, audition. Like she pretty much said audition. Like, ain't auditions over? Why are we auditioning? And um, he, she's like, uh, yeah, sure. So they come sit in audition. I guess they weren't thinking I was going to give them much, and they was going to put me on. So I do my audition. They're like, wow, that was really good. Um. Yeah, can you do it this way? So I did the next way. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, that was really good. Why would you want to come to Duke? And I was like, well, you know, I have a passion. I have a passion. I do have a passion. Don't get me wrong. I do have a passion, but why would you want to come to Duke? <laughs> the real answer was because I didn't get the BSA. It was never <laughs> my intention on coming here. That's what I want to say. It was never my intention on coming here. I wanted to go to BSA. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. I said, I have a passion for acting and da 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 da. like, wow, yeah, we can really feel that. And so that's when he's like, yeah, come back tomorrow. So I come back tomorrow, I do the same thing, go through mm-hmm. classes all that right and then um at the end of that day i um get put in the office me and my parents and um mr johnson miss O, we get put in the office and uh they're like yeah um we want to artistically accept you next is academic da 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 so boom bada bang i'm at duke but i say all that to say was the duke that i wanted to go to mm-hmm was the Duke that did The Wiz, was the Duke that did um, the big musicals, was that Duke, you know? And it's not that anymore. It's good, but it's not that anymore. And I'm grateful for the Duke experience that I got. And I do feel like I got a very well-rounded experience and I learned a lot and I developed a lot as an artist. But it wasn't the Ellington that it used to be or that it could be if the right people were in the right positions for leadership. That's one thing. My next thing. I'm going to be so transparent. Um, Junior year, Laramie Project. It was finally, (laughs) it was finally my turn to audition for a main stage production. Mm -hmm. 
And I tell you, I was looking forward to this day like no other. I went, I auditioned, made it through the callbacks. Well, made it through a couple callbacks, and then I got cut. Oh. Mind you, this was also the year, this was y'all freshman year. This is the year that they allowed the sophomores to audition. Mind you, from the beginning, my class has always felt like we were the black sheep of the department. When we came in as freshmen, a lot of the things that the 2019 was telling us we were supposed to be getting a lot of the classes, a lot of things that we should have been learning, we were not learning at all. And we always felt like we've been put on the back burner by the department. For freshman year, we had four different acting teachers in one year. Out of some of those situations, we couldn't help because Professor Katz's husband had passed. So she had to be done. We had Ms. Nazer, we had Professor Katz. Then we had an intern as our acting teacher. No, then we had Ms. Brewer and then we had an intern. And um, it was just all willy-nilly, like everything was no kind of order for us. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you have class, you have this, you have that, but we're not really getting that groundwork and foundation that we needed as an ensemble, which caused us as the years go on to have some disconnects within the ensemble, not always knowing how to approach certain stuff or do things the certain way that they wanted us to do because we didn't have that training that we were supposed to get. And then they would turn in turn, turn it back on us like we were the problem. And then we would have to tell them, so, so calm down because we were trying to tell y'all we need this, that, and the third. And y'all like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But never got back to us. You see what I'm saying? And we would go to them countless times. We feel like we're on the back one. We feel like we're on the back. We feel like we're on the back. We feel like we're not being heard. We feel like we're not learning what we're supposed to be learning. And like, oh, it's all going to work out in due time. It's the process, 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 process. They had stressed to us. They stressed to our parents from freshman year. They stressed to us sophomore year. They stressed to us that sophomores are not allowed. Freshmen and sophomores are not allowed to audition for main stage production. Oh, it was sophomores at that time too. Sophomores are not allowed. No, we're not allowed. My freshman and sophomore year, sophomores were not allowed. But isn't it crazy? By the time it grows around to our junior year, in the juniors, like they said, juniors and seniors can audition for the production. Isn't it funny how all of a sudden, when it becomes our junior year, all of a sudden now the sophomores can audition for the show? And we were like, wow, really? That's crazy. We were like, no, it ain't going to stunt. We're going to do what we got to do. And then it turned out that there was more sophomores in the show then well no it was seniors first of all seniors didn't want to do it damn i'm dang can i cuss on this yeah you can cuss oh shit um <laughs> I'm my toe this whole time. um but i was like damn the seniors didn't want to do it truth be told mm. the seniors all through the audition but mr johnson was stressing that oh no um there has to be seniors in the spring show there can't be a spring show with no seniors in it and that's when the casters got real ranks and some people got booted out. Mm-hmm. My theory is, I don't know this for sure. This is not confirmed information at all. I was one of the people, I know, bro, bro listen, you see, I'm not even trying to be cocky right now, but for real, like dead ass, bro, for real, you've seen my work. Mind you, my work was not as best as it was my senior year, but it was still good enough to be in the spring show. Yeah. I think my name was one of the ones who got booted out mm-hmm. with... um. 
the seniors, for one of the seniors to get in. Because mm-hmm. they said the original cast list was mainly juniors and sophomores and like two, three seniors, since they all wanted to throw the audition. Mm-hmm. And then when the cast list comes out, majority seniors, juniors, and four sophomores. Mind you, those four spots could have easily been filled by juniors because there were four, it was about four juniors left over mm-hmm. that weren't in the production. And so we were all like, oh, wow. Like, each year they just show us more and more how they did not bang with us. So senior year rolls around, and we finally start doing the work that we've been looking for this whole time. Mm-hmm. Eric, I have never done – I did the most of my acting at Duke my senior year. Really? The most acting I've ever done at Duke was my senior year. And I say that with all confidence. Like – Performance or just acting in general? Performance and acting, both. Wow. Them little, like, monologues and stuff, like, we barely, we didn't really act for real. Like, we had the production with Ruff in our sophomore year. Mm-hmm. We had um, little, little monologues for juries and stuff. But the, once those passed, it wasn't really like, you know, like, we weren't, we never did anything. Is that your phone or my phone? Oh, that's mine. Um... We never really did anything. And so, okay. I'm sorry. And so when senior year rolled around, we were like, wow, we're really doing it. I've done some of the, my most work and my best work my senior year. And to this day, to this day, I can say, I have never, and the sad part about this, several other people in my ensemble can say they have never been in a main stage production in the theater department. Senior Showcase is not a main stage production. It's not. The main stage production is the big spring show. Yes. Right? Mm. Unfortunately, due to the circumstances, we were not able to have that this year. But it's the fact that you have people graduating from your program who have never been in a main stage production at in your in your department. That's I think that's I think that's really due to us only having one production a year, though. Right. That's, that's another ridiculous. thing. That's another thing. That's having ridiculous. only one production a year. We can really do if they really put their mind to it, and that's what. And that their money to it. To the whole, and their money to it. That goes back to the whole leadership thing. Mm-hmm. If they really put their minds, we could do two productions a year. Three. Senior showcase, something like a small little black box situation or mm-hmm. performance hall situation in like the winter and then the major spring production in the spring. Yeah. Simple. We can do small plays in the black box. Simple plays in the black box. Mm-hmm. That don't require so much. Yeah. It's, it's it's doable. It's doable. Oh, it's yeah. definitely doable. It's doable. It's definitely doable. There's no there's there's nothing that's truly holding them back. Except it's this it's in the money management. <laughs> the dealing of funds at it doesn't make sense. The dealing with funds at that school does not make sense. It doesn't. The way they have <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, and I'm going to leave that at that. 
I've also, if we want to speak on it, um, I have, mm-hmm. if you remember, I won March for the Arts last year. You, you did. You won by a lot. Yeah, five thousand dollars in one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Courtney going to try to say that she won. She didn't win anyway. <laughs> Cause anyway, whatever. That's what. That's regard. That's the, the yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, Cordy, I love her. But um, I won, and I have not still nothing. Wait, hold up. Wait, pause. Wait, come on, come on, come on. Just for y'all listening to the podcast, right? These were the incentives for the prizes last year right whoever raised the most money they get these incentives you get to go to universal studios that was one yeah you get to go to new wasn't it new york to meet this dude yeah right dude then it was one more that i forgot then it was another one but you get to go down south basically basically they was putting you on a flight and you get to travel somewhere those are somebody t- significant in the industry. Pretty top much. three prizes, right? That's usually the prizes every year, yeah. And then my whole thing was I had also won a photo shoot. Oh, you won the headshot thing because you yeah, got the a headshot. Yeah. For um for the photographer in New York. Wait, you be- never got that either? No. It was supposed to be a stylist and whatever and help come up with looks and images and whatnot. It was supposed to be like a whole thing. I never got that. Never. Wow. And so I say most of this stuff, honest to goodness, I have moved on from Duke and I moved on in my life. I always knew from the jump, people have this weird thing with Duke where they feel like, you know, oh my God, like Duke is life, Duke is forever. I always knew in my mind, Duke is not going to take me to where I want to be. Duke don't. I'm going to keep it a buck. Keep going. Duke keep going. See, Duke has a tendency to sometimes show like, oh, they don't really care about you. Sometimes. Yeah. I do believe there's some people in that building who genuinely do care about the students and the well-being of the students. But sometimes it's like, oh, they don't really care about you. They care about looking good for the public. Mm-hmm. And Blue Bottom Bang, that's sick. I always knew Duke wasn't going to take me to the place where I wanted to be. That comes from them not showing support when it came down to that whole hosting thing and having a problem with that. And then it just show just in other aspects, just performance, performance, performance. Okay, goodbye. Performance, okay, goodbye. Oh, we need to do this. Oh, you have to dress up, make the school look good, doing all this event at the school, making the school look good. And then there's all this other underlying problems that the school has with leadership. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. To completely ignore all those things and try to make it seem like Duke is just this. And then they want to get mad at the little petty stuff that may happen. Little petty stuff. First of all, let me tell you something. Every high school in the world has students. It was this whole thing where students got caught kissing on the cameras in the hallway and then they got like suspended and all this other stuff. Really? For some kids, every high school in the world got kids kissing. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff that go on is dead wrong. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. On, yeah. yeah, all that other stuff that's <laughs> there wrong and needs to be reprimanded. But little petty stuff like kissing, are you serious? Like for real? Like that's ridiculous. When y'all have much bigger fish to fry. Well, this school, like the school, it's, a, it's, it's, it's in shambles. It's a mess. 
It's a mess. Yes. And it, at the end of the day, it all boils down to leadership and all, all across academic leadership, arts leadership. It all boils down to leadership. We do have some good leaders in there. I feel like we have some good leaders in there. I feel like I can say confidently mm -hmm. good leaders in, are, you know, Miss Jones, Miss mm. Angela Jones, she's a great leader. Um, Mr. Ojeda. Ciao. <laughs> I don't know, bro. But at the end of the day, it for me it all boils down to leadership. And that's what needs to ooh, that's what needs to be addressed. And that's my two cents on Duke Ellen School for the Arts. Once again, I will say I am grateful for everything that you they, have to repeat that. You have to repeat. Yeah, I am because I'm not trying to make it seem like oh, Duke is just some trash place. Don't ever go there. It's awful. It's a lot of good, but it's also a lot that needs to be fixed and needs to be addressed and needs to be put back in order to get back to the Duke Ellington that we all know and love, that the city knows and love. Mm -hmm. And let's really make it that instead of oh, let's put that on because old boy or old girl, the mayor, whoever sliding through. So let's put that on and show them this is Duke, this is Duke, this is Duke. And then when they leave, it turns back off and it goes back to chaos. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Let's really do it. Let's really do it. Well, I never, yeah. Yeah. That no. is the hot take of an alum, ladies and gentlemen. The first one. <laughs> the first one. And again, I want to say, like, Duke has done a lot. Duke has done a lot. Duke has taught me so much. I feel very well prepared for college. Mm. It's just some structural things that need to change. Simple. 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 Well, Joy, this has been a great episode. I didn't tell you this before you started the podcast, but you are the final episode of season one. Oh, didn't tell really? you Yeah, I wanted to surprise you. What? Yes, I'm honored to be closing out the season. Yeah, I can't wait. episode of season one. So it's only right that we end this with the segment Dead or Alive. Now, oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's nothing bad. It's nothing bad. Okay. I just need you to pick one or many artists that you would like to work with, dead or alive, in any industry. And yeah. No pressure. Dang. Um, any artist to work with in any industry, dead or alive? Mm -hmm. Beyonce. <laughs> mm. uh, not for real. Beyonce, Megan Thee Stallion, mm -hmm. Cardi B, mm -hmm. Chadwick Boseman, God rest his soul, yeah. Viola Davis. Um, oh my gosh. Mulatto. Mm -hmm. uh, I love her. Um, oh, oh my gosh. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Come on. <laughs> um, what's his name? Oh, y'all just did a uh, master class with old boy. Um, Yaya. Yaha. Oh, yeah. Beastie. Legendary. Um, Travis Ray, he's up and coming artist. Y'all see about him. He went to SUNY Purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, Jamie Lawson, Duke alum. Um, Alicia, also a Duke alum. Um, from the theater department, both of them. Um, wow. 
Zendaya, Michael Rainey Jr., um, Omari Hardwick, definitely. Uh, um, Billy Porter, Todrick Hall. Um, it's so many. Why can't I think of his uh, Richard Pryor? Oh my gosh! If, mm. Oh my gosh! I would love to work with Richard Pryor. Um, Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Um, what's that woman's name? Uh, not Anne Hathaway. What's that woman's name? She was in the Devil Wears Prada now. Uh, Meryl Streep. Mm. Um. Oh, Sandra O. Oh, she's amazing. Sandra O. Oh, uh, oh my gosh. There's so many people. My mind is scattered trying to find them. Dang. Oh. Ava DuVernay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, she's an alumni of Columbia. Lena Waithe. Oh, my gosh. I would love to work with Lena Waithe. She wrote... Um, the Shy. Oh! Yeah, she wrote The Shy and she wrote uh, Queen and Slim. Um, Lena Waithe, uh, Taraji P. Henson. Of course. Um, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, what other musical artists I would want to work with? Um, Spike Lee. Oh, Spike Lee. Um, bro, this is crazy. I'm trying to think. <laughs> this is hard. This is really hard for people so to think hard. on the spot. Did I say Beyonce? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you said Beyonce. That's your first one. Um, Tyler Perry. I would love to do something with him. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I don't know. <laughs> uh, have mixed feelings about that. Um, Oprah, yeah, I would love to work mm. on something. Uh, just to sit down and have a conversation with it would be great. Yeah. Um, Steve Harvey, I would love to work with. It's so many people. Who else is there? Um, <laughs> let me check Instagram. Hold on. I find a lot of people on Instagram so I can see. Uh, all right, you're going to give me five. Just give me five more. Five. Four? Hold on. Okay, I got you. 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 Five more. 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 Come on, bro. Okay, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, oh, Queen Key, the City Girls. Ari Lennox, mm. a Queen Key City Girls, Ari Lennox. Oh, that's 33. I need two more. <laughs> um, uh, uh, who else do I want to do something with? Oh, my God. Hold on. Uh, oh, what's that woman's name? Uh... Oh, oh, this one right here. No, not her. Oops, never mind. Hold on, I'm about to look up this.
Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Uh, Bette Midler and um, Kenny Leon. Kenny. Okay. That that's press. Yeah, that's yeah. Kenny Leon. Yeah. Yeah. This is a lot of editing to do. But ladies and oh, gentlemen, I'm sorry. I've been talking a lot. My bad. This has been a bomb episode, Jory. Thank you so really? much. Really? I was trying to make sure I was giving you what you needed. This is more than what I needed. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jory Holmes, Jay Holmes. I advise y'all to check him out. Do you want to promote anything before we get on the podcast? Um, let me see. Uh, a lot of the y'all, I had, we had, we've, we was planning stuff for this year as far as parties and whatnot. Mm. All that had to go because of Rona. But hopefully next year we'll be back with parties. Um, y'all can follow me on all social media platforms at Jory Holmes. That's at J-O-R-Y-H-O-L-M-E-S. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't really have anything. Yeah, keep keep going. No matter who you are. I know I need to hear this. I'm sure some of y'all need to hear this out there. No matter who you are, what you do, I don't care. Keep going. Don't let anyone stop you. Unless you're like trying to kill somebody or do something. Oh. <laughs> but like, don't let anyone stop you. Um, just keep going. Keep pushing through everything that you're supposed to do. You will do. Mm-hmm. And um, I wholeheartedly believe that. I'm sure Eric wholeheartedly believes that. Yes. Um, yeah. That's it. Any other Thank questions you. you got? Any other questions at all? I have nothing to do. Yes, I do have to write a paper. But I have nothing. Oh, no, I can do a video. Anyway, I have nothing to do. No. No? No, actually. This has been great. This has been great. I love this. <laughs> I, need to have, I need to have you on again. Hopefully oh, yeah. do it in person, but I need to have you on again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Whether it's, uh, it don't got to be next season. It can be yeah. season three, season four, five. Yeah. Wherever it's, I am in life, I'll definitely. I, Glad I, I love this. Thank you, Jory, for coming on the podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another installment of the Arts Block Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Curry III. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Curry III. You can follow the podcast at the Arts Block Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you can be notified whenever we post another podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a comment. If you're listening anywhere else, shout out to you. Remember that artists never die. And this is the season. This is this is the season ender, ladies and This gentlemen. is the season ender. That's a great artist never die. Ever. Yeah. yeah, wow, that's great. Yeah, remember that. Yeah. And this is the end of season one. Well, kind of. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. <laughs>